Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. And as usual, tonight we're going to have a very important topic. <clears throat> Many of us have heard about gaslighting. It's very common for people to understand that gaslighting exists when you're in a relationship with a hijackal, but it is sneaky emotional abuse. So I wanted to take it apart and give you examples of 10 different ways that it shows up. They're all underhanded, of course, because gaslighting is underhanded, and it's a way of endeavoring to control you and define your reality for you, even though it's unwelcome, you didn't ask for it, and you certainly don't want it when you do receive it. So I wanted to give you some ways to really see these various kinds of gaslighting, things that fall into that category, so you understand deeply how that is affecting you and they're very specifically and more uh, in alignment. So, you know, if you're enjoying and finding value from uh, what I do here, I hope that you will come and join me over on fourrelationshiphelp.com. Everything's over there for you. You can find my podcast. You can find my YouTube channel. You can find my blog. You can find my products. All of that is there for you. And if you're getting value from this podcast, I hope that you'll consider donating at patreon.com slash save your sanity. That's a way to make sure that this information stays available to you and to all the other people in the world who really need to hear it. You might be interested to know that Save Your Sanity podcast has now listeners in 91 countries. So believe me, you're not alone when you're experiencing emotional abuse. And the more people that hear this, that get some clarity, the more people can have a life that is healthier and safer, free of anxiety. And that's what I really want to help you with. So when you go to patreon.com slash save your sanity, you can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation whatever it is that suits your budget or your currency. So I hope you'll do that. And if you ever want to talk to me directly, it's really easy. My new client offer is at beaclient.com. So you can always remember that, beaclient.com. So let's talk about this very important topic, gaslighting. It is sneaky. It is emotionally abusive. And it happens frequently, really frequently, when you're in a relationship with a hijackal. Now remember, I created the term hijackal because too many people, in my opinion, were going off to Dr. Google and saying, what's up here? And they were getting clinical diagnostic terms. (laughs) Narcissist, 
sociopath, psychopath, borderline, and it was just inappropriate. So I wanted us to have a term we could all use, no need to have a PhD in psychology like I have, a term we could all use to define the patterns, traits, and cycles. So hijackals are people who hijack relationships for their own purposes and then relentlessly scavenge them for power, for status, and control. So if that sounds like somebody in your life, you're really going to want to know about this. And I want to share my definition of emotional abuse with you so that you can remember it and remember how it fits when we're talking about gaslighting. So it's really important to understand the aspects of emotional abuse. And what I endeavor to do is to break that down for you every podcast. So emotional abuse is about controlling another person by criticizing, embarrassing, humiliating, shaming, blaming, discounting, dismissing, depriving, or denying their rights, their needs, their wants, thoughts, feelings, and equality in the relationship. All of those things are part of what emotional abuse is. So let's talk about gaslighting. Gaslighting generally is, as I said a minute ago, when somebody else wants to tell you what your reality is, what you remember, what you feel, what you think, what you want, what you need, what do you prefer, um, what your plans are, (laughs) who you are. They want to take control of your identity, and they do it in a broad sense by what we call gaslighting. So the number one way that they do it, very underhanded, of course, is lying. They just straight up lie about things. And I was talking with a client just a few days ago who said that she wondered because every time she asked her partner a question, he took a few minutes, it seemed minutes, I'm sure it was seconds, but he took a little while to answer. And I said to her, did his eyes go in any direction while he was looking for the answer? And she said, yes, he would squint and he would do all kinds of things with his face. And I thought, yeah, he's trying to remember what he said before. And he's trying to figure out what to say so that he can get what he wants. And she said, you know, I think that's absolutely right. That is what he does. And he does it every time. He just can't seem to give me a straight answer right out of the gate. He has to screw up his face and think about it. Well, think about the hijackle in your life. Whether that's your parent, your partner, your sibling, your adult child, um, do they lie to you? Have they lied to you? Do you know when they lie to you? Because that's what they do. You know, hijackers have to win in every moment. And that's really something to remember. The hijackal has to win in the moment in order to feel like they're on top of it, that they're in control, that they're uh, directing things. So they're going to lie to make sure that they win in the moment. That's why they will tell you one thing to win at one time, and they'll tell you the opposite to win at another time. And then when you say to them, but you told me the a little while ago it was this, they tell you, you don't listen very well. 
you don't pay attention, or I have the right to change my mind, you know, but they don't take responsibility for it. Now, I've done episodes on pathological lying, but lying <clears throat> something that hijackers do, whether it's pathological or, or not. You know, pathological liars seem to have to lie. They just have no acquaintance with the truth at all. But hijackers are more devious, so they lie in order to get their needs met. Many narcissists that can be diagnosed are pathological liars. So the two things really do go together. And so lying, I suppose small dumb stuff too. It's not big monumental things, but often about just small dumb stuff. And yes, of course, they may lie about past relationships or their family history or their job history, but they will lie. And so that's a big way that they will gaslight you because they're not telling the truth. So you don't have a sense of what reality really is. <clears throat> now, number two is a little bit like that because they are the masters of what I call the plausible lie. And I've talked about that in another episode. It's when they give you just enough to have you say, well, that could be the truth. So it's a plausible lie. And they hope that you will err in favor of deciding it's the truth, even though it's only kind of the sketchy truth. And that that gets clear, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> there's a piece that goes with that sketchy truth. And it's what I call weaponized ambiguity. And that's, sh that's big words that are shorthand for they will not give you a specific answer so that they can use it as a weapon. Like, I said I might like to go there sometime. I didn't say I was going to go there in the next 15 minutes or 15 years. So there is this weaponized ambiguity. They never nail it down. They never say exactly what's so. But they kind of give you the impression that what you want is what's going to happen. And so it's a way of gaslighting you because they know they're not making a commitment. Even if they made a commitment, they'd probably change it. But <clears throat> they know they're not making a commitment. They know they're not securing anything down. And they know that you're believing that they are. And so that second one is the plausible lie and weaponized ambiguity. And that ambiguity can be like, you know, very that might be nice kind of thing, or maybe one day, those kind of things that have no time or date or anything uh, attached to them. So they can't be nailed down for it. And it gets really cloudy in there, you know, really cloudy. And that's a form of gaslighting. So they give you the impression one thing is going to happen while they didn't commit to it and have no intention of doing it. Now, another kind of gaslighting is shifting the story when they tell it. Like, you were both there. You both experienced the same thing. And yet, you see it differently. And of course, that's not uncommon. People pay attention to different things. But when they tell the story, it sort of drifts 10, 15 degrees from what actually happened. And the next time they tell it, it drifts 17 to 24 degrees from what actually happened. And this is gaslighting. It is, how far can I drift from the truth before you won't let me get away with it? Now, obviously, 
they love to do this in front of people because they think they'll get away with it even more. And that is often the truth because you don't want to tell the partner that they're wrong right in front of them. And you don't want them to rage in front of other people. So they try it usually where there are other people present, but they'll try it with you. They will tell the story and you will think, oh, I know this person. If I correct them, we're going to get into a bit of a wrangle. And if I don't correct them, I'm going to feel like uh, they're not really telling the truth. But in order to save the peace, they know that you will probably not correct them. And then should you say something later about it, they will say, well, no, you know, I told that story many, many times and you've never said anything. So what's wrong with you? So they shift the story when they tell it and they expect you to give them that wiggle room, that few degrees to be off the truth that you both experienced and that you'll have the plausible lie that, well, maybe they experienced it differently than I do. Because one of the things that's true about people who are with hijackals, aside from when it's their parents, is that they're usually people who are quite willing to have some wiggle room, some compromise, some collaboration, some space. And so they don't refute every last thing, every last detail. They're not looking to make people wrong, but hijackals are. They want to make other people wrong. So they have that little smirk on their face, the hijackal smirk, as I call it in one of our episodes, um, <clears throat> that is really contempt for you. It's just contemptuous, like, huh, I can get away with this. Just watch me. So they will shift the story when they tell it. Now, number four is the reverse. They will not allow you to shift the story when you tell it. They will tell you, you are wrong. You are wrong. And so they are gaslighting you that your memories, your recollection, or even your thoughts or feelings about something are wrong. You're not allowed to have them. So they're gaslighting you. They are telling you this is what really happened. And you know deep in your mind and your heart that's not what happened. And then you start second-guessing yourself and questioning your sanity. And they go, yay, gotcha. Now you are second-guessing yourself. This is great. I've got you on the run. This is what they like to do. This is gaslighting. And you can clearly see why it is emotional abuse, because they are pushing you further and further from your ability to step up and your willingness to say, no, that's not the way I remember it. You know, and I've talked in other episodes about how to respond and I have a video on my YouTube channel for relationship help. So youtube.com slash for relationship help called healthy responses to gaslighting. And I put it in the notes below, but you can go and find that too. When you want to know how, how to refute some of these things or how to respond at least to some of these things about gaslighting. <clears throat> so we've got the lying and the plausible lie. They change the story and hope you won't catch them on it. They won't let you change the story. And even if you tell the accurate story, they will tell you that they you are wrong, that your version of the story does not hold water. And then there you are, your head is spinning and, and all of these things, you know, 
they are red flags about the relationship. And we want to be very clear that we whip off our rose-colored glasses so that we can see red flags. When you try to make life rosy with your red, your rosy colored glasses on, you don't see the red flags. You justify and rationalize and make excuses for it. So therefore, you're enabling the behavior without even recognizing. So it's very important to recognize that these things are gaslighting. So number five is that thing that I did an episode on a while back called blame shifting. So when you want to speak to them about something that's a problematic for you or an issue or even make a decision and you you come to them really openly and you say, you know, it would really help me a lot if you did or didn't do this anymore. And they immediately whip it around and make it your fault. And they immediately start blaming you, but with about 10 times more energy. Is that familiar to you? That's a kind of gaslighting. It's really important to be with that. Really important to be with that. Um, I was reading an article from uh, partnerhope.com written by Michelle Mays. And she used this example in the blame shifting. She said, <clears throat> say you're in a restaurant and your husband is flirting with the waitress and you express very politely, just say, you know, it makes me a little uncomfortable when you're flirting with the waitress. And he says, I'm not flirting with the waitress. I, I don't, why would I do that? I'm not flirting with the waitress. So you say, well, it feels that way to me. And then what happens? Immediately they start saying, well, you're so sexually repressed that, you know, if I, if I, I didn't have that to contend with, I wouldn't be flirting with the waitress. And I'm not really flirting with the waitress anyway, because you're paranoid. And then <clears throat> I'm really worried about you. You know, I don't think you're mentally well. I think you have emotional problems. And then now we get into the trauma bonding because he's just said all these bad things about you. And this is a case of a he example, but it equally the same way when it's a she just said all these bad things about you. And then what do they do? They want to swoop in and be your hero or heroine and then say, oh, but you know, I understand you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. And that's how the trauma bond grows. Because first of all, they're blaming you and then they sweep in to be your hero and be understanding. And so you're trauma bonded to the person who's hurting you. And that's a sad and sorry state of affairs. But we need to see it really clearly before we can say anything or do anything about it. So this blame shifting I'm sure you've had examples of that when you just bring up something innocuous, like um, you, you promised to take out the garbage and you missed the delivery this morning. Well, I have more important things to do. You're, you, you're the one who's concerned about the garbage. Why aren't you taking it out? It was a request or it was a suggestion to the hijackal, but they're not having any of that. So they turn it around and now all of a sudden it's blame on you. So they shift the blame that belongs to them and shift it onto you. And that's a form of gaslighting because you didn't do anything. 
<laughs> you you weren't the one who didn't take out the garbage, you know. And probably when you said to that person, "Will you take out the garbage tomorrow? It's garbage day. Can you have it out by ten thirty?" And you were even very very specific. Have it out by ten thirty. They probably said, "Yeah, sure, okay." Because they didn't want you on their back. That's a passive-aggressive response. Sure, I'll do it. They have no intention of doing it, but they say they'll do it. Then when you call them on it, then it's your fault for calling them on it. And you shouldn't have asked them in the first place. What do you think they are, your housekeeper? You know, all the kinds of things that they will say. And so this falls under the category of gaslighting. And it's important to recognize. So we've got five things. The lying, the plausible lying and the weaponized ambiguity, they're shifting a story as they tell it to their point of view. They're making you wrong when you tell a story and saying that you don't remember correctly. And then they blame shift. As if that's not enough, there are five more. So let's look at those. They, as I said at the beginning, they they want to define your reality for you. So they come at you and attack your sense of reality rather than lie about their own. And so if they can get you on the run, second-guessing yourself, questioning your sanity, wondering if you can trust your senses or your judgment, then that starts to erode your mental health. As soon as your head starts spinning and you start questioning yourself, Did I remember that correctly? Did I ask? Maybe I forgot to ask. I'm sure I said it out loud. I didn't just say that in my head, did I? All those kind of things start building up in there. And so it erodes your mental health, your sense of mental well-being, maybe even your physical sense of well-being. But it will also erode your self-confidence and your self-esteem because you start questioning yourself and you start wondering, Am I as together as I hoped I was? And you start believing somebody who generally you know you can't believe. But you start believing them because they caught you in this strange place emotionally. So they start seeing this attack on your sense of reality. And they will go after you and go after you and go after you. You know, the whole term of gaslighting came back from, from a movie in the 40s where Cary Grant would move objects in the house and his partner would say, I'm sure that moved. No, dear. No, dear, it didn't move. It's always been there, but that's okay. You're unwell. And that's where the whole thing started, where we got this name for it. And so here we have it, the attack on your reality. And really get you on the run in terms of his mental well-being, emotional well-being, and, of course, second-guessing your sanity. And that's a big, big deal. So if these things are sounding familiar to you, I hope you're taking note of them because it's really important to be able to recognize these things straightforwardly, you know, in an easy, quick fashion that you can you can find them and, you know, if you ever need my help, you know that you can find me at beaclient.com. I offer a new client one hour, full one hour session with me there at beaclient.com. Wherever you are in the world, I've had clients from 
so many corners of the world, and I'd love to talk to you too. So we've got six. Now, number seven, this is big because it's it's like having a hammer. It's almost like water torture. That would be even better way to describe it. It is that constant blaming and finding fault with you. Not only do, do their issues get turned on you and made to be your fault, but they find fault with you all the time. And when they're not happy in the world, just generally not happy, maybe something didn't go right at work, maybe they got drenched in the rain, maybe their golf game was called off, uh, maybe they couldn't go shopping with a friend, whatever it is, somehow it turns out to be your fault. Have you noticed that? (laughs) Somehow, even though there's no logic in it, it turns out to be your fault. And so you become a scapegoat. And I want to read you the dictionary definition of a scapegoat. It's the art or practice of assigning blame or failure to another to deflect attention or responsibility away from oneself. So making you into a scapegoat, making you the person that we dump all the negativity on, making you the person who's always wrong, the person who has big problems, that's scapegoating. So I'll read it again. The act or practice of assigning blame or failure to another person so to deflect attention or responsibility away from oneself. So if I'm very busy blaming you, then I'm just fine. I'm good. So that's what they do. They get you on the run and they keep blaming you. And hijackals blame their partner even when the hijackal cheats. Have you noticed that? (laughs) That they may have cheated and you're feeling very betrayed. And then they say, well, I wouldn't have cheated if you were more sexually available or if you were kinder or if you didn't have so many requests and demands. Somehow they blame shift and get their cheating to be your fault. And that's that whole piece of scapegoating as a form of gaslighting. It's mind-boggling, really. I mean, how how can that happen? And it twists you and turns you and warps you. And you think, what? What am I experiencing here? But it is that shift that somehow you become responsible for their poor behavior choices. And you know that's part of my definition of enabling, so you don't want to be doing that. So now we've got seven. So number eight is pouring on the charm. Okay, everybody just went, oh yeah, (laughs) pouring on the charm because when they're doing that, they want to cover things up. They are the kings and queens of seduction when they want something, aren't they? You know, if they think you're not going to give them what they want, all of a sudden they're love bombing you. They're back to being all lovey-dovey. They Maybe they bring you the perfect flowers that you like, or they take you to a place you like to go for dinner. They're, they're all in your corner when they want something. And they are just pouring on the charm. It'll be withdrawn as soon as they get what they want, or if they run up against a dead end and they don't get what they want, then they'll be angry and they will withdraw all of the charm and add some nastiness and harm to the charm. So that happens. One of the things that I find too, I've been doing this work for a very long time, and one of the things that I know is that 
when a couple comes in and one person is a hijackal, that hijackal shows themselves really quickly because they're endeavoring to charm me, to seduce them to their way of thinking, to show me examples of how they're so understanding about their partner and their partner is always so wrong in their estimation. And so they're pouring on the charm thinking that they're going to get me over to their way of thinking so together we can take the other one down. And that is like, oh, big neon light flash of, oh, could be a hijackle here. That's what goes on in my mind when I start watching that. And so it's important for us to recognize that when they pour on the charm, you want to get a little suspicious. And if you haven't had any charm from them for a while, you might think, oh, heavens, yes, pour, pour on the charm. But I hope that you will have a turn of mind now and say, I can feel the charm pouring what do they want? What's really going on here? And that will help you regain your sanity and keep your equilibrium so you won't get hoovered down that pathway and they get what they want and you end up feeling like, oh, it happened again. I got taken. So that's a, a really important piece. Now, number nine. And there are 10 ways, un, very underhanded ways that it shows up, this gaslighting business. Number nine is bullying. They may ask in a decent fashion for what they want. They may say in a decent manner what it is they have to say, but one hint of them not getting it, and all of a sudden there's pressure. There's pressure to agree with them. There's pressure and invitation maybe to agree with them. And if you hold your own and you don't agree with them, then you're going to be absolutely bullied. And they're going to be belittling you, demeaning you, discounting you, dismissing you, making demands. And then that what they think is the iron hammer is the silent treatment. Well, I just won't speak to you. I will withhold my presence from you, you poor mortal. And at that moment, I always tell my clients, when they do the silent treatment, rejoice. It's going to be quiet. You don't have to listen to them for a while. When you are not affected by their silent treatment, they don't know what to do. You just go about your business. You sing, hum, do whatever you're doing in the way that you would do it if they weren't there. It just rattles their cage something ferocious because they want you to plead, they want you to beg, they want you to ask, they want you to insinuate, they want you to offer, they want you to do anything to cater to them. But if they don't get what they want, they're going to be bullying. There's going to be name-calling involved. I had a client not long ago who was uh, visiting her a significant other, and she called in another state and she called me and said, you know, he did, he did this. He, he did something physical. He was very, very angry. And I said, I really encourage you to pack your bags and be ready to leave on a moment's notice because that behavior that he is demonstrating, the next behavior is pinning you against the wall. The next behavior after that is choking you. I got a call from her the next day. She said, thank you for telling me to pack my bags. He did pin me against the wall, and he did choke me, and I've left. So pressure, 
pressure. Do it my way. Think my way. Do what I ask you. Do what I tell you. Show up the way I want you to. And so we get that bullying, bullying, bullying. And that's gaslighting because it's saying, do it my way. Change your reality to match mine. And it's constant. And if you give into it, there's less and less of you and more and more of them in the relationship. And that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all in any form. It really doesn't. So number nine is bullying. And now we come to the big last number 10, which is manipulation. And manipulation is a combination of lying and blaming and fault-finding and bullying and dismissing and demeaning and degrading because in them, they're thinking, I can get this person to do anything I want. Just watch me. Watch how I turn the words around. Watch how I turn the story around. Watch how I blame shift. Watch how I find fault so they feel diminished. And so it's manipulate, manipulate, manipulate. Remember again, hijackles always have to win. So they always have to come to the top of the pile. So if you even make a great case, they have to jump ahead of you to repress you, suppress you and eventually depress you too in many cases. So this manipulation is really a big deal. And it's kind of a little bit of all of the nine that I've talked about. And this is how they gaslight you. This is how they tell you who you are. And beware of a person, any person, I don't care if it's your mother or your father, beware of any person who says to you, I know you better than you know yourself. Whoa, big, 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 big red flag, right? I know you better than you know yourself. No, they do not, nor should they, nor should they pretend that they do or think that they do or think you're going to buy that they do. So you are going to come into a more fullness of yourself and say, no, that is not the case. You know, I'm just writing a new book right now. It's called Emerging Empowered, Breaking the Bonds of Emotional Abuse. It's going to have this wonderful personal study program that you can do online over time. And it's really important in breaking the bonds of emotional abuse to recognize that you need to empower yourself. And I'm going to give you the tools to do that in the book. But of course, I've already given you many, many of them in the podcast and on the YouTube channel. So you can always search the YouTube channel and the podcast for topics that may be happening in your life right now. But this gaslighting business is huge. It is really difficult it's kind of like vaporware. <laughs> it, it's hard to pin down sometimes because you want to believe the other person and you want to think well of them because usually you're the healthier person. And then you give them too much and you give them an inch, they take 24 miles. These are not the people who just take one. So it's really important to understand gaslighting. And if this is familiar to you, I'm always here to help you at beaclient.com. But make sure to go to the YouTube channel for Relationship Help and watch the video on healthy responses to gaslighting. That will help you. And while you're there, subscribe and hit the notification button, and then you'll know every time I put up a new um, YouTube video. But 
also subscribe to the podcast so that you know when that happens as well. And one good way to subscribe to the podcast is to go to forrelationshiphelp.com and click on podcast Save Your Sanity. And in the top right corner, there is a subscribe button. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash save your sanity and you can make a donation and make sure that this is here for people all over the world. It's really important to start playing on your own team. It's super important to start seeing what they're doing rather than feeling what you're feeling only. You need to be observing them. You need to be watching them to catch what's going on. So I hope that tonight and this episode has been useful to you in understanding what gaslighting is and how it may be occurring in your relationship. And until we speak again, I hope you will take this to heart and start treating yourself very, very well because you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.